How's everybody doing? Did everybody get a rock when they walked in here wrapped? Okay, perfect. It's just a rock, so sorry. That's all I could afford. <laughs> That's true. It's not funny. So it's been a fun couple of weeks, I would say. Uh, if you went to Mosaic last week, thank you. That was uh, awesome. Uh, it was just I think it, for me, it was awesome to go and worship with another church, especially as we're talking about Acts and the roots of the Big C Church, to be able to recognize that there's other people who are like-minded that are around the city that are worshiping the same God and praying to the same God and, and experiencing Jesus and being healed and all those things. Sometimes when you're in a place and you're worshiping, you kind of forget that there's other people right now in this very city that are also also worshiping as well. Um, yeah, so if you, if you went last week, I really appreciate it. We're back home. We're going to be in this, in this room for the next couple of weeks. I know it took a while for myself to be trained to go to the gym when we moved from here to the gym, and now we gotta, I got to train myself to go over here. So don't go over there and think we're not having church. We are having church. It's just in here. Um, how did everybody like Aaron's karaoke a couple weeks ago? That was, I can't remember exactly what he preached on, but I do remember that. <laughs> so that's uh, always a good illustration. Um, let's start with uh, just a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come worship you. God, we pray that your spirit would move in this room today. God, we just pray that <clears throat> as your spirit moves, it changes us. And that when we walk out of this room, that we'd be different people. That your spirit would come and uh, just start moving in our lives. God, we thank you for your word uh, that we'll read from today. And God, I just pray that you're glorified through the songs that are sung, uh, the prayers that are prayed, the scriptures that's read, and the words that are spoken. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So congratulations, because we all have something in common, and this is kind of rare, especially nowadays. If you watch the news, it's like we're all different, we're all divided, but we all have something in common. We all have fathers, and uh, happy Father's Day to everyone who is a father, and uh, everybody who has a father, you're on notice. You call your dad or do whatever you need to do, um, but... I was joking with my wife uh, last night, and I said, uh, you know what you call Mother's Day without gifts? Father's Day. <laughs> and then she promptly said, well, you didn't get me anything for Mother's Day this year. And <clears throat> got a little warm, and um, so I'm going to try to make up for that, I guess. Uh, so happy Father's Day. Uh, I hope you have a great one. Uh, let's jump into the verses that we're going uh, to look at today. I tried to put it on the YouVersion Bible app, and for some reason, I'm having trouble with that. I don't know if it's because Aaron's accounts linked to it or whatever, but if you're in house church, I'm going to try to get it on there for house church, so you'll have the notes for house church. Um, here are the verses that we're going to look at. It's Acts 15, 9 through 11. So Aaron talked about 9 last time, but we're just for context, we're going to uh, go back a little bit. So it says this, he did not discriminate between us and them, them being the Gentiles. He purified their hearts by faith. Now then, 
Why do we try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. This is, may not seem like a great Father's Day verses, but I think this is a great Father's Day uh, set of verses. Father's Day can be a very interesting day for a lot of different people. For some people, it's a time to celebrate that, you know, remember family vacations and good times that you had and playing catch with your dad or whatever it is. You had a father that cared for you and loved you and provided for you. For some, it's a mournful day. Maybe your father has passed on. Maybe there's a chasm between you and your father, and today's a reminder about how painful that is. If that's you, I'm sorry. Um, you're loved. Uh, you're valued. For some, Father's Day is shrouded in mystery. Maybe some people don't know their dad, and it's a lot of unanswered questions that are kind of brought to the forefront on a day like today. Maybe it's better to just ignore Father's Day for some people. Maybe some people have dreamed about being a father and that dream hasn't come true. So days like this come with some baggage. It doesn't matter if you had a great dad or you didn't know your dad or your dad's passed on. Oftentimes, there's some baggage that's associated with that. Sometimes, in these relationships that we have with our dad, we pick up rocks. And those rocks are weigh us down. And we put those rocks in our pockets, or we put them in our bag, and we carry them around with us, and maybe they're disappointments, or maybe they're things that we wish would have been but weren't. Whatever those are, those begin to weigh you down. Sorry to be Debbie Downer. <laughs> um, if you have kids, uh, maybe you can relate to this. You don't have to raise your hands. Uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody here. But... Uh, Sometimes you tell your kids to not to do something that you did when you were growing up. And when they call you out on it, what do you say? You say, I just don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. And that's a good parent, I think, to warn their kids about some pitfalls. But oftentimes, I know as a father myself and as having a father, sometimes you put expectations on your kids you put expectations and you kind of, sometimes you live your life vicariously through them. And you expect them to live up to a standard that's not attainable. And they take that burden and that creates resentment. So then they have rocks. So you have rocks because they didn't live up to that expectation. Oops. And then they have rocks because they let you down or they resent you for uh, for putting that burden on them. When our standard, re, re, our standard and expectations leave no room for grace, then we put a yoke on our kids that can't be carried. And so this word yoke is not a word that we use very often. I think most people generally know uh, what it means. But a yoke is, Elijah has a picture, a yoke is this piece of wood that you put around your neck, and it's usually connected to something, and it carries water or rocks or fruit or grain or whatever it is that you need to carry. And a yoke had special meaning to 
Jewish people because they were in slavery for a lot of time and they had to move rocks, they had to do things and they used a yoke and it was burdensome and it broke them. And so this has deep meaning to them. You know, when they're building the pyramids or doing whatever in Egypt, they're using a yoke. A yoke is also a term when a bodybuilder's muscles get so big that they lose their neck. And I wanted something funny, and I knew Jerry wouldn't let me get away with not putting something that was marginally inappropriate up on the screen. So you might say that dude is yoked. That's not the same yoke that we're talking about. But, so as parents, sometimes we put a yoke on our kids, and they're not able to bear that yoke. And maybe you were a kid that had a yoke put on you that you weren't able to carry. And then there's resentment. And this is a lose-lose situation. And we grab more rocks, and we pick them up, and we carry them around. So some of you people here may be thinking, I'm off the hook because I'm not a parent. But you're not off the hook. Because rocks are things that we pick up from every relationship that we have. It's not just parental relationships. Although you may have, even if you don't have kids, you may have rocks that you're carrying around of resentment towards your parents. But we're human beings and we live in a fallen world and we make mistakes. And those mistakes, they cause pain. And we say and we do things that hurt other people. Anytime you get close to somebody, there's going to be some pain that is a result of that relationship. It may be a coworker, It may be a best friend. It may be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I guarantee you if you're married, your spouse is going to hurt you. You're going to hurt your, your spouse. And that's a reality. And so when you live in that reality, what do you do with that reality? Bob Marley, musician, said, The truth is, everybody is going to hurt you. You just got to find the ones that are worth suffering for. And I think that's true. Chances are, you find yourself on either side of this equation, but more likely, you're on both sides of this equation. You have hurt people, and people have hurt you. And sometimes those hurts are these rocks that we just pick up and we put them in our pockets, we put them in our, in our bag, we put them in our purse, we carry them around with us and we feel the weight of those things in us. And at some point in our lives, we get used to that weight and it no longer feels like a burden, but it's just life. It's just reality. But it is a burden. Even if you don't recognize it and realize it, it is a burden that you have. So let's look back at our verses. It says, Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. The Jews had a law that God gave them. And it's a set of rules to live by, and it was a standard that was set by God for his people. The standard was super important because God needed his people set apart from the rest of the world. But this standard was perfection. And the Israelites were unable to keep that standard. It was a yoke that they had to carry with them. And this created a cycle of sacrifices. 
Every year they had to sacrifice, or multiple times a year they had to sacrifice to absolve them from the mistakes that they made, from not living up to the standard. It says in Leviticus 17.11, For the life of a creature is in its blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes an atonement for one's life. But the sin was washed away only temporarily. This practice had to be repeated over and over and over again. There's an ancient Jewish historian, and he said that there was over 270,000 lambs sacrificed at the temple in Jerusalem every year. And that would equal about 900 a day, accounting for the Sabbath. So just think of that plume of smoke that's coming off out of the temple, just how many lambs that is. Every year, all the time, you just have to keep doing it. And it reminds me of uh, those blow-up bungee runs. Has anybody ever done that, where you connect yourself to a bungee cord? Elijah has a video, so it's one of these things, where you have to run, and you try to get to the end, and you just keep going back and forth. Just keep getting sucked back. We get close to God through our sacrifice, or the Jewish people did, but then that sin pulls them back. And so they keep running, and they get close, they get their sins absolved, and then they get pulled back. And so it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. This bungee cord keeps sucking them back into sin. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says this, And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God had to break that cycle. He cut that bungee cord so that we could go to God and we didn't have to get sucked back into sin. He provided a once and for all sacrifice through Jesus Christ. That rope's been cut. We don't get pulled back. The one that knew no sin became sin for us. And through that, God gives us great power. And with great power comes great responsibility. So, that's Spider-Man. So on the night that, um, after Jesus was crucified and he was buried and then he rose again, his followers were in a room And it says, on the evening of the first week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So they saw the scars and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And so, with Christ's sacrifice, we are given the ability to be forgiven people. But we also have the ability to then forgive other people. And I think this is a really important distinction between us as followers of Jesus who have been filled with the Holy Spirit and the rest of the world, because 
The rest of the world may say they forgive you, but they don't have the power to totally absolve that forgiveness out of you, to forgive and truly forget. God says that he separates our sins as far as the east is from the west. And we have that power through Jesus Christ to really forgive, to let go of things that are holding us down, to get rid of the rocks in our lives. You have the ability to be forgiven and to forgive. Wouldn't it be great to let go of that stuff that's weighing us down, those rocks that we carry around with us? Maybe those rocks that we don't even recognize that are really weighing us down. Wouldn't it be great to be free from those? To get rid of our baggage? The good news is we can. We all have rocks. You all have a rock right now. You all have rocks in your life that are weighing you down. Things that are separating you from true freedom in Christ. These sins need to be forgiven. These are hurts that need to go. These are chains that need to be broken. These are things that need to be set free. You don't have to carry these anymore. Galatians 5.1 says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. <clears throat> I was talking to Krista this week, and she gave me that verse, and I was like, that is the perfect verse. We do not have to be burdened by the yoke of slavery anymore. Can you let it go, though? Can you set yourself free? Can you set yourself free from this yoke that's weighing you down? And in the process of letting go of those things, can you forgive the people that hurt you? Do you believe that Christ has forgiven you? Do you really believe that Christ has forgiven you? Today's the day to let it go. Christ has defeated it. He went to the cross, he died, and he rose again. You have in your hands a rock. And this rock is just a representation of the baggage that you carry. And sometimes it's good to pick up those things and feel them and feel that they're real. Because that baggage that you carry is real. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to think about what it is that you're carrying that you want to get rid of. I want you to dig deep. I want you to think of that hurt that you're holding on to. Do you have it? Can you feel it in your hand? Father, we want to be set free today. Father, we're broken people. We've been hurt by people around us. We've hurt other people, and they're carrying baggage that we've created. God, give us the strength to forgive. Set us free today. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you move in our lives and in our hearts. Help us to recognize the baggage that we're carrying. Help us to recognize that we've been forgiven by you and we have the ability to forgive others. Let us be a people that forgives. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, give us strength. Amen. The healing's not over, though. There's tables on either side of this room, and they got hammers on them. And it's good to actually get rid of your baggage. It's good to get your hands dirty. Don't leave this room with the rock that you're carrying with you. Get rid of it. Give it up to God. Ask for forgiveness. 
Seek forgiveness from people that you need to seek forgiveness from, but don't leave here without crushing your rock. I'm not joking. There are literally hammers waiting to be used as a tool to crush that rock, to get rid of it. 